Okay. Welcome to AIC to our uh, first online sermon. Um, due to the COVID-19 pandemic and in compliance with the government of Saskatchewan and Canada, uh, EAC has cancelled all our public gatherings. But at times like this, we realize, of course, that the church is not a building, uh, but the people. It's our desire to continue in our vision to embrace and reveal God and His Son, Jesus. The church office is open, uh, but as much as possible, please communicate through phone or email rather than in person at this time. During this time, the opportunity to worship through giving will be available through e-transfer or pre-authorized debit, or your offering could be dropped off at the church. For more details on that, please uh, contact the office or check our Facebook page. This Sunday, we've pre-recorded the announcements and sermon. Uh, the format in the coming weeks may change uh, as we endeavor to provide an opportunity to gather together in worship. We want to be in prayer for those who are sick is that, that they would recover. And for those who are caring for the sick, that they would stay safe and healthy. Uh, we want to be in prayer for those who are isolated, that they would not feel alone. Just because we're at home alone, uh, doesn't mean that we can't be uh, worshiping together in this way. Uh, to this end, I, uh, I'd like to lead us in prayer together. Um, please join me. Heavenly Father, we just want to come before you to, today as a, as a body of believers here in Estevan. And Lord, we want to lift up our community and our province, and our nation to you. Lord, we ask that in this time of uh, COVID-19, that those who are sick, dear Lord, that they would recover. Dear Lord, that their lungs would be protected. And their Lord, that the breathing difficulties uh, would not be severe. Lord, we want to pray for those who are caring for the sick, the doctors and nurses and, and all the healthcare support staff, dear Lord, we pray and ask that they would remain safe and healthy in these times as uh, so much is being asked of them. Lord, we pray and ask that they would not um, grow weary or fatigue. Lord, help us to encourage them in, in every way that we can. Lord, we want to pray for those who are still trying to travel home and are maybe stuck overseas and and uh, even though they know that they have to come home in quarantine for 14 days, we want to know that uh, that uh, they've got family and friends around that will uh, provide for them and, and care for them in this time. Lord, we want to also lift up our leaders, dear Lord, at every level, local and provincial and national, um, as these are uncertain times and we don't know what the next uh, step will be, and, and we're concerned about people who uh, had to been laid off. We're concerned about finances, and we're concerned about so many things. Lord, in the midst of all our concerns, we pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would come and comfort us. Dear Lord, we pray and ask that we would look to your word, and it would comfort us. Dear Lord, as we lift up songs of worship to you, um, would you restore our souls and strengthen us? 
We just pray so much uh, for our community now. In Jesus' name, amen. At this, uh, this Sunday, we're uh, pleased to welcome uh, Brad Weaver of Kenosi Bible Lake Camp as he brings uh, a sermon to us. Good morning. It is uh, it's great to be joining you uh, in, I guess, a different capacity uh, here, but uh, but still to be able to to come and and really to gather together in worship. Uh, each of us still in our own homes, and uh, while you'll be watching this, I too will be at home uh, with my family and enjoying a time of worship together. Uh, so thank you, thank you for making the effort still today uh, to join with your church. Uh, the the cool thing in times like this is that uh, that while our, our buildings, our church buildings might be closed, uh, the church can still gather together. Uh, we can still be the church uh, even when we can't uh, physically gather together. So thank you. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, this morning, I, I want to be, be doing a few things. Uh, one, I'm going to gonna update you on what, uh, what we're doing with the camp. Uh, and, and I hope, too, that as we share uh, sort of our vision, our passion for, for this coming summer, uh, that, that you'd be encouraged. Uh, the, the really neat thing with where uh, the Lord has taken our theme for this summer is, um, is that even before all of this uh, COVID-19 and uh, stuff has happened, um, this was the vision, this was the, the, uh, the message that he gave for us for this summer. And... Uh, uh, it's encouraging, uh, and I hope this morning that you're encouraged. Uh, to, to start off, uh, a few updates with the camp. Uh, for starters, our banquets were supposed to be coming up in a, in a week or so, uh, a little over a week. Uh, we were supposed to be hosting our first uh, rib night uh, this coming weekend, and uh, none of those things are taking place. Uh, we're, we're, we're saddened by that. Uh, at this point, uh, we've just decided to postpone them. The hope is that we'll be able to do something uh, later in the spring, but but again, that is all sort of contingent on uh, what uh, what our governments decide and what's what's safe for us. Uh, with that, uh, our board met this past week, and uh, and we had the opportunity to sort of share what this summer might look like, and uh, and we asked for prayer uh, because in with many things, uh, everything is up in the air right now. And so, Allison Clay and I have been been tasked with coming up with some plans for what uh, what spring might look like if we can run at subcapacities or not at all, uh, what the summer might look like with, uh, with varying capacities, or if we're even able to run camp, how can we still uh, be, be sharing the gospel with our constituency, with our campers, with our kids, uh, even if we can't be hosting anything right on our ground? Uh, so be praying for us. Uh, in no way do we, we feel or believe that just because we can't run camp, we can't share the gospel. Uh, and so that's our vision. That's our passion. And that remains true whether whether we have kids right uh, joining us at the lake or or not. Uh, so pray for us because uh, yeah, these will be some uncertain times for us. Um, but uh, we're thankful uh, for our constituency. We're thankful for our churches, and that uh, that we know that we're not standing alone. Uh, so please be praying for us, and in uh, and, and whatever way you're able to join with us, it's great. Let's just let's just pray before we dive in. Uh, this morning, Lord, thank you that we are able to gather 
uh, together, each of us in our own homes, uh, but gathering with family. And, and as Graham prayed, I pray that those that may be ill right now, that you would bring healing to them. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that this morning that uh, the message, uh, truly that we believe that we're hearing from you, that uh, that it would be from you, uh, that it would encourage us, that it would challenge us and, and strengthen us, uh, not only for today, but for this week and, and then for the coming weeks as well. Uh, and so, Lord, we commit this time to you, and, and I commit this message to you and ask that the things that you want us to hear with you first. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Uh, it's, uh, it's no secret uh, that our world is full of challenges, uh, times of suffering, uh, pain, and hurt. And that, that existed even before uh, all of the, the news of the virus broke and, and will remain true even, even after we get through this stint. Uh, that, that a quick glance at a news feed, you can quickly come up to the, come to the conclusion that all is not right in the world. Uh, that, that there are stories that, that, uh, that just don't make sense. And those are ones that, that either make the news or don't. Uh, the feed rarely speaks of the quiet pain and the secret hurt that's hidden behind doors, uh, even those doors right in our own neighborhood. In the book of Romans, Paul begins, uh, after his greeting of, of speaking of longing to come and meet with the Roman church, uh, he dives right into uh, saying the wrath of God or the judgment of God has come to those that have rejected God. Uh, and, uh, and in the second half of chapter 1, three times Paul writes, Therefore God gave them up, uh, first to the lust of their heart, second to the dishonorable passion, and third to a debased mind. It's important to note that Paul understands that humanity was, was God's to hand over, uh, that, that we didn't exist outside of that, that, that we, were, we were birthed into God's hand. And, and, and in our desire, knowing the truth and, and, and wanting to reject that truth, God said, okay, I, I'll, I'll give you up then. I'll allow you to go. This happens three time, or many times I, I, throughout, throughout Scripture. First in Genesis 3 when he gives Adam and Eve up. Then it happens in, in the book of Exodus as Israel refuses to follow God's, God into the promised land and they're sent back into the desert. It happens when, when the nations of Israel and Judah are, turn, are during their kingdom errors. Uh, Israel refuses to follow God's law. Judah refuses to God, follow God's law and so God gives them over. God gives them up to, to the nations around them and they're led off into exile. And it happens with us. When we choose to follow Christ and experience the hope that he brings us, we can either continue down that path or we can ignore that truth that we're presented with. Uh, it, it, uh, when we share the gospel with our kids at camp, they're met with that, that choice. Do I, do I take this path? Do I follow this, this calling? Or do I reject it and, and go off on my own understanding? The cool thing that when you open your when you open the Word of God when you open your Scriptures uh, is that it becomes very evident that God doesn't abandon us. So while He may give us up, He doesn't abandon us. Instead, as He's giving us up, He He, he continues to pursue us. When you look through the Scriptures, it's evident that this is a story of God's reckless pursuit of humanity. It's an incredible love story that climaxes at the cross and comes to, to, uh, to resolution at the tomb. This is the message that we preach at, at camp every summer. As we welcome, uh, as our cabins fill with, with, uh, with boys, girls, children, youth, that, that have never heard this message. 
uh, that they come and we share this message of God pursuing them, going after them, searching after them, wanting them, wanting nothing more than to be in relationship with them, wanting nothing more than for them to have and carry his hope in their hearts, to carry him in their hearts. And it's a choice that we all have. Uh, following the opening of, uh, of Doom and Gloom in Paul, Paul's letter, uh, he, uh, he goes on uh, to say in Romans 3, 22 to 24, the righteousness and the justification that are achieved through faith, uh, that, sorry, that righteousness and justification are achieved through faith in Jesus Christ. He wants us to understand that we can't earn our way back, that as we, as we go off, as God hands us over uh, to, to those things, through the lusts of our hearts, the dishonorable passions, to, to a crooked mind, uh, that as, as we're, we're, we're handed over to those things, God, God gives us over to those things, and we can't earn our way back to that. You can't earn your way back by, by following the law. And, and humanity has proven time and time again. I'm sure even in this last week, you can look back and go, ooh, messed up there. I messed up there. Uh, I allowed myself to fall into temptation there, or, or I allowed myself to fall into sin there. And, and it's, it's time and time again where we realize that we, we can't do it on our own. It's here that we come across what, what we have as our theme passage for this coming summer. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Paul continues his letter to the Roman church in this way, after beginning with doom and gloom, says this, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we've also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For, for will scarcely one die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we've been now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Paul tells us that therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we now have, we have peace with God. That when we put our faith in Christ, we, when we put our faith in fact that the Jesus paid the price for us, that the punishment that we deserve, the wrath that we deserve because of our rebellions, because Christ paid that, we, we have peace with God, we have reconciliation with God, and because of that, we, we can rejoice. We can rejoice in the hope that we have of, of a future glory with God. We can rejoice in the fact that we, we now stand with God. And not only that, but when we face times of suffering, uh, times of hardship, times of pain, we, we can rejoice because we have a hope. A hope that, that Paul says was poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That God himself placed that hope inside us 
that when when we feel like there's there's no way out, there's nowhere we can turn, when there is no no place for safety, we can turn to God. Uh, this last year, I uh, I help teach Sunday school. I teach the older the older boys. We have really young kids in our church, uh, and so the older boys is just a grade grades two and three. And uh, and with them, I was teaching. We were going through the story of that day was with Paul and Silas, and Paul and Silas are out doing God's work. In fact, they come to this 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 poor girl who's demon possessed and she's suffering. And and Paul and Silas look at her and go, "Well, we can heal her through the name of Jesus. We can heal her." And so they do. And and the owners of this girl get upset and they throw Paul and Silas in jail. And they're in this jail, this rotten, stinky jail. And and they're in there and they they begin singing praises to God. Uh, and so, so we asked the boys, why, why do you think Paul and Silas, even in that moment, could sing praises to God? Uh, and their response was, well, they knew the earthquake was coming, uh, that, that they were going to be rescued. Because, you know, the next verse, the very next verse is, then, then God sent this earthquake and the chains all fall off and the, gate, the gates open up and the jailer comes rushing in. He's about to kill himself. And Paul and Silas said, no, no, we're here. And the jailer realizes that these men that he's been listening to all night long, singing praises to this, this God that he doesn't know, haven't run off at the first sight of, of being free. And he realizes that, that he wants what they have. And so when, my, when our, our, the boys in my class said, well, it was because of the earthquake, we went back and we looked and we went, no, they were singing these praises before the earthquake happened. Before there was any hope of being free, they had no idea. Paul had no idea. Silas had no idea. They could be there. That could be the end. That could be the end of the story for them, that they would spend the rest of their days chained to that wall. They didn't know. And in that moment, they could have been cursing the people that put them there. They could have been cursing God, going, God, I was doing your work. Why Why am I here with my arms changed, chained to, to this wall? Why am I here starving? Why am I enduring this suffering? We were doing what you called us to do. Why Why are we suffering? And they could have been cursing a number of things, but instead, they were singing songs of rejoicing. They were singing praises to the God that they served because they had a hope. That even if they spent the rest of their days chained to that wall, they had a hope of a future glory. And so when the jailer rushes in, he sees this, and he sees, and he's been hearing them singing these praises. I, I am pretty sure that there, he didn't, he hadn't had other prisoners singing praises in his, in his jail. And he realizes, you have something I, I need. Paul tells us in Romans five that we can rejoice in our suffering because of the hope that's been placed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit living inside us that reminds us. That as we listen to that, that if we listen to that, will remind us of the love that Christ has for us. And we remember in our hearts, and our hearts can be filled with joy, and that will overflow into rejoicing. And maybe just as we, as we rejoice in our suffering, even in times like this, that as we rejoice, someone might be impacted by our actions and realize that they want what we have. This summer at camp is our 60th anniversary. We'd love for you to join us. If uh, if we're able to do something uh, over our family camp, we're going to be throwing big celebrations. We're going to do stuff uh, at our at our banquets, and we're either going to, I don't know what we're going to do, 
Uh, we're going to rejoice. We're going to celebrate regardless. Uh, but as part of that, uh, as part of that preparation, we've been making contact with different people that were involved with the camp and, and you know, served at camp at one point and have gone on and are, are serving in, in ministry in, in one capacity or another. Man has been great and so encouraging to hear the testimonies that are coming back from these men and women that, that tell about the sacrifices that, that you know, as you get older, you, you, you understand perspective. All of them would call, comment that, that when they were a kid at camp, they had no idea. They didn't realize the sacrifices that were being made to allow them to go to camp. But as they sat there and as they reflected on their time at camp, uh, it was evident that they, they remember these moments of going, somebody gave up something. Somebody served when they didn't need to be or served when it was difficult. And they give thanks for the sacrifices, knowing that, that as these people gave up, it, it made such a difference in their lives and then launched them into this life that they have, this life of service now in, in the church in one capacity or another. They were thankful that even as challenges arose, that, that the boards of that time, the, the volunteers, the, the missionaries of that time had the perseverance to keep going, to continue to trust, even when barriers were put up, even when challenges came up, to continue to trust and to continue to go forward. Uh, we'd love for you to join us uh, this spring or summer. We're still continuing on. We're still hoping that we can still do our spring stuff. Uh, but it's no secret that in the last 10 years, our volunteer numbers have been dwindling and on the decline. And that's not just a reality at KLBC. That's a reality across uh, across our nation as ministries are, are forced to challenge of bringing people in and having people join them as volunteers. As a ministry, we need your help. Uh, May 8th and 9th, we're planning to open up our kitchen and start cleaning the camp. Uh, May 12th to 16th are our volunteer work days. And all throughout the summer, uh, we need cooks, we need nurses, we need custodial staff, we need maintenance, we need volunteers. Without your help, we can't run an effective ministry. If you're sitting here going, oh, I've got young kids, I don't know what to do with my young kids. Uh, we run an early years program at camp for kids ages 2 to 7 years old. Uh, we love when families come together. And the whole family shows up. Uh, those are the best weeks when the family shows up to serve together. Uh, and it's an incredible teaching opportunity, even for those of you with kids to go, you know, we're going to give up some of our holiday time to come and to go and to serve as a family and, and to enjoy this ministry and to give as a family. The other big need that we have is for lifeguards. Right now we've got no lifeguards. Uh, and so if you have a lifeguard, if you know a lifeguard, we would love to have a lifeguard. Uh, and starting as, as, as early as we possibly can. Uh, if coming to camp is, is truly isn't possible for you, that's okay. Uh, there's many other ways that you can still get involved. We need financial help as well, uh, especially in these uncertain times. Uh, not knowing registrations uh, clearly, clearly slowed during the last week. Uh, and so that's, that's putting strains on us in, in that capacity. Uh, at the same time, we're, we're, we're launching into, and, and still in these times, our board is having faith as we, as we step out and launch into uh, an expansion project on our dining hall. This project is bigger than, than anything else that we've ever taken on uh, from, a, from a dollar value. And so if you'd love to give to this project, we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, we see this project, this dining hall expansion project, as an opportunity to use our space at camp to do more and more discipleship work, 
Uh, if you've been watching our ministry go over the last few years, you'll see or hopefully you saw that, that we are looking for more and more ways, uh, more and more creative ways that we can be doing discipleship with our, with our, our summer team, uh, with our youth, and, and we'd love to see that expand right into the families as well. Uh, to have a, a facility that, that is capable of safely housing and hosting uh, these larger groups. Um, but we need support uh, to do that. And if you'd like to give that project, that'd be fantastic. Uh, we also need your prayers. Uh, if you're someone who, who loves to pray, that you've got the gift of, of wanting to stand in the gap for people, for ministries and prayer, uh, this spring what we've done, and, and this I think uh, went out as part of the, the e-bulletin, uh, we, we got these little cards, I think it got attached in that. Uh, we've, we formalized our prayer team at camp. It's part of a, a group on our Facebook page. Uh, we will be posting uh, updated prayer requests on that, that, that. You can stay up to date with us as to what our prayer needs are uh, throughout, throughout the summer, throughout the spring, and really throughout the year. We'd love for you to join us in that way. Uh, we also have, uh, we've also, find this uh, as well. It's lost in my papers. Uh, we also have a prayer guide, a 30-day prayer guide. Uh, it's I left a bunch at your church here uh, that you can grab when uh, when it's safe to do so. We're also hoping to get that available on our website and, and Facebook pages as well. And really, that's just it's a different prayer request for every day of, of the month. And so as you're sitting down in your quiet times on a daily basis, it's one little thing uh, that you can be praying for us uh, that is sort of uh, that goes throughout the year as well. Uh, this summer will mark the 60th summer in which campers from across Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and other parts of Canada, U.S. Uh, will come and hear the message of the gospel. Uh, youth will come as missionaries for anywhere from one to eight weeks and, and share this message. And, and those youth then will also be discipled as they challenge and are challenged to grow in their faith and, and really as we strive to prepare them for lives of service. Our theme for the summer that you may have caught on for that passage in, uh, in Romans is rejoice. It comes out of this passage this, this, of Paul's letter to the Roman people, reminding them that they have a hope in Christ because of the righteousness that has been made possible through his justification. We can rejoice because we have a new standing, a new hope uh, that, it, that we have because of where we stand with God. And this hope allows them to rejoice in times of suffering, because suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. It's a hope that allowed people like Paul to choose a life of discomfort and suffering. It's a hope that, that for generations caused men and women to, to leave their homes, to, to go across country, to go across the world, to share this message. It's that hope that sprang in their hearts that said, you know what, I don't need this life of comfort, I need to share this message. That's what God's calling me. People don't just don't just do that. We're not that's not something ingrained in us to go, I'm gonna sacrifice my own desires and 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 give up my own passions, my own wants for others. That's a hope that God has put inside me. It's a hope that far outweighs the life of suffering or discomfort that we may be called to. And it's a hope that the suffering that we have is not too much. The suffering that we may be enduring is only temporary. That we will experience the glory of God in all of its fullness. And, and Jesus said that where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
And in doing so, he called his disciples to store up treasures in heaven, to look at what matters in their life, to, to, to pursue godliness, to pursue Christ first. Because when we do that, the things, the worries of our world pass away. And so Paul says we can rejoice because while we were sinners, while we were still lost, abandoned, cast out, God in his love pursued us, created a way for us, reconciled us to himself, and so now we can rejoice in that reconciliation because we have peace with God. For 60 years, that message has been preached by hundreds of thousands of missionaries that have come to Jesus. Uh, in their teen years, in their adult years, came and shared that same message with the thousands of campers that have gone through our gate. And now have since gone on to preach that message across the globe. It was fun talking with past, uh, past staff members who are in Australia sharing this message, who are, who are in other parts of Canada sharing this message who have gone on because they heard this hope, this message at camp, and were and received that call to go themselves. This is a story throughout history that could have ended with, therefore God gave them over to, and, and we can list what our rebellion is in our own mind. But God just, just cast us out and said, you know what, forget it, it was your decision to go. You knew the truth, you heard the truth, you had the truth, you abandoned it, go. But he didn't. Instead, God calls men and women daily to go out and to share that message. It's that message that inspired men and women from Weyburn, Wawoda, uh, Kipling, Maryville, Estevan, all across our constituency uh, to make a sacrifice to start a camp that would preach this message every summer, that would welcome children and youth every summer and share this message with them. And yes, there's been times of hardship, times of sorrow, years where boards struggled with how they could possibly keep going, how do they pay bills, what do we do, challenges that were faced, barriers that were put up, and yet, through it all, they gave thanks. And so this year at camp, uh, we'd love for you to come and join us as we rejoice in the incredible work that God has done in us and through us. I, it's so true that these are these are different times. The fact that we're sitting here in your sanctuary uh, with with only two people, <laughs> um, but we can still be called to a life of rejoicing, even in the midst of these. Uh, and so I would, I would echo Graham's uh, call earlier to send a message. Uh, to send a message of giving thanks. Uh, we Many parents do this with their kids when they're sitting there and they're trapped in this moment of complaining and wallowing, going, okay, I've done it with my own kids. Okay, give me three things that, that make you happy, that made you happy today. Uh, three things that you can find. And so... Even in these times, we need to be finding and reminding ourselves that, that God is still giving us good things, even in the, in the midst of our suffering. And, and to send those out, to send words of encouragement out to, to those you know may be experiencing tough times. Uh, make a list of things that you are thankful for. Uh, and, and to spend time as a family, even this morning, spend time as a family rejoicing 
of the good things that God has done for you. Uh, and, and maybe, just maybe, your neighbors will hear. Uh, maybe, just maybe, those that read your posts uh, will see it. And it'll have an impact in their life and go, I, I want what that person has. Because while the rest of us are wallowing, they're rejoicing. You have a hope because of what Christ has done in your lives. You have a hope that, that far outweighs any of the challenges you may be facing today. So remember that hope. Remember the sacrifice that Christ made to give you that hope. And remember the fact that the Holy Spirit is pouring that hope into your hearts today. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the work that they do, that, that even in times like this, that, that when it would be so easy to go, well, we're stopping all forms of church, uh, that the leadership here said, no, uh, we're going to find a way uh, to continue to be the church. And I pray, Lord, that in these times that Christians would rise up and go, how can we be the church? How can we, how can we offer um, hope to, to our neighbors that may be suffering? How can we hop offer hope to this world that, that seems to be in despair. Uh, may we have a boldness to share this message of hope with, with whomever we come in contact with, in, in whatever platforms you open up to us. And I pray, Lord, that uh, that you would bring healing to those that need healing. I pray that you um, you bring hope uh, to where there's despair. I pray all these things in your name. Thanks, Brad. Um, I learned something this morning that EAC and Council Lake Bible Center are both 60 this year. And whether this uh, pandemic and this isolation lasts for two weeks, or two months, or three months, we don't know. But I do believe that there's going to be a big opportunity for camp ministries and for church ministries on the other side of this. And that's something else that we can be praying for. Our new pastor, uh, Craig Hollins, we've been communicating with him, and he texted me this verse this morning, and I think it's going to be our benediction. It comes from Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Thank you.